I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The gentleman who joins us right now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You can read his fine coverage of our Cleveland Guardians on The Athletic. He's in Goodyear, Arizona. He's Zach Meisel. Hello, Zach. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? How are we you? We are well. How are you? I'm great. It's there. Uh, let me see. Let me look around. Nope. No clouds in the sky. How about that? Jealousy I mean, will get you everywhere. I'm looking outside. There's sun here in Cleveland. I'm guessing it's the same one. Nice. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about so. that? You guys deserve it. All right. So what's the uh, what's the vibe so far through the early, early days of, of spring training? What's, what's the feel among the team? Is there optimism? They're supposed to be. Is there pessimism? Is there, we wonder who's going to play here or what? I hope spring's eternal this time of year, right? In 30 camps every year, I think you can have a team that loses 110 games. And I think in mid-February, they're still feeling rosy about what lies ahead. I, I think it's an interesting camp because it's a lot of the same guys, except also more of the younger guys, the prospects who are on the cusp and everybody came early so today is their first official full team workout and yet they've really been doing that for two weeks um so uh, vibe is difficult to to tell and whatever the vibe is doesn't really matter once you get to march 28th um but i think it's a young energetic tight-knit group how many wins that translates to i have no idea how excited are you for the season? I mean, it just seems like it's been a, I don't know, kind of uh, meh off season, and then we get into this year. And I mean, new manager that that gets a little bit of blood flowing. But I mean, really, I mean, how how pumped are you for this season compared to other seasons? I mean, it's. <laughs> I feel like asking me and asking the fan base, you'll get two different answers because I'm looking for storylines. I'm right. looking for people to to talk to. So it's. it's I'm excited in that there's a lot of new faces, especially on the coaching staff, so people to get to know, to understand, you know, what makes them tick, what their views on baseball are. We we were so accustomed to the same people in charge, right? I mean, Terry Francona was here forever. Mike Starball was here forever. DeMarlo Hale was here for a long time. Um, things just operated the same way. And, and even, you know, thinking, it's, it's crazy just talking to Carlos Carrasco because he looked around the room and, he could point to, I think, three players he played with in Cleveland. So he wasn't gone that long. So a lot has changed in a short period of time. So to me, 
they're interesting storylines. You know, I was actually excited to get out here and start talking to people and, and plotting out some stories. But I think, you know, with your question, like if you ask fans, if you ask about the buzz around the team, it's pretty non-existent, right? It's, you know, how many national stories have you read? We spend so much time talking about national coverage of the Cavs. Well, you know, I'm not saying the Guardians deserve it, but it's it's non-existent. I don't think people outside of Cleveland understand the team's direction or, you know, think that they're a, a huge threat in the American League. So, you know, I, I think there are different ways to look at this. I think if you just love baseball, if spring training signifies that a harsh winter is almost in the rear view, then maybe you're excited for the season, you're excited for spring training, but I don't know. If you're a diehard who's flipping the calendar again, and now it's been 75 years since the last championship, I don't know if this is going to be the year to, uh, to end that drought and have you really excited about things uh, moving toward October. Zach, I'm paraphrasing here. And Zach Meisel joining us from The Athletic. Chris Antonetti talked about this offseason and the lack of major moves and said, well, we want to give a chance for our young players to get plenty of at-bats to see what we have. Is that That's basically what, what's been said, right? Yes. Is that code for we want to give our young players at-bats to see what we have, or is that code for we're not going to spend any money, so this is it? I think it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Okay. I, I think they've, they've sort of – it's been a weird two years. 2022 is when – well, first, you could take it back to 2021 – Really, that was that was the reset year. Um, you know, we watched your boy Bradley Zimmer forever. We watched Bobby Bradley, Yu Chang. That was the reset year where that wasn't a playoff team, and they needed to just let guys play to basically learn that they weren't the answers and then move on. They did that. Sometimes you need a year like that. That's fine. The thing is, in 2022, I think <laughs> the message you're hearing right now was the message two years ago. And it just happened to work better than they could have possibly expected. They win 92 games. And so then you go into the next season and you have to make some decisions. And they bet on Oscar Gonzalez. They bet on Will Brennan. Um, that They ended up parting ways with uh, Nolan Jones and Will Benson. And, you know, they've just had some uncharacteristic moves that I think maybe were hurried by the fact that they contended earlier than they thought. You know, they tried to patch their holes with Mike Zanino and Josh Bell. That didn't work. So what you're hearing now is I think they don't want to make the same mistakes they've made. And so you're sort of back to where you were two or three years ago, where it's, all right, we don't want to let another Nolan Jones go. We don't want to let another Will Benson go. So we have to make sure, you know, is Florial an answer? We have to make sure we're not bailing on Gabriel Arias too soon. Things like that. So, it's it's both though you know the tv deal was used as an excuse but they knew they were going to get money they knew like someone was going to air their games they knew at worst they were going to make a decent chunk of what they were supposed to make off of that anyway so if they wanted to sign a free agent and and you know go with someone more established in their outfield or or at dh or something they could have done that um now they have the tv deal and you know, even though it took a long time to get there, like they're going to get most of the revenue they thought they were going to get. So I, I think it's more just you know, they are in a spot where they feel like 
they have to learn about these guys. There are crowds in the outfield. There's a crowd at shortstop. And until they find some answers and they develop and someone clicks, um, they're kind of stuck in this in-between where you have a pitching staff that's, I think, playoff caliber. But the lineup is looks a lot like it did last year. Especially in the outfield. and uh, we, we keep hearing Stephen Kwan in left. We get it. We hear Miles Straw in center. Not quite sure. And Loriano and Will Brennan in right field. Do you think there's an underlying thought that, God, we hope somebody just has a great camp and can displace somebody either miles in center or the guys in right field? Or or are they pretty content just to go ahead and start the same guys we saw in the outfield last year? I think Floreal is the X factor. I think if they're, you know, when they're, before Chris Antonetti goes to bed every night, when he's, on his knees praying to the baseball gods above. I think he's hoping that Estevan Floreal turns into a 25 homer, uh, 25 steals type hitter who can play center field. You know, that's what people were forecasting him as five years ago when he was a top 50 prospect in the game. He's 26 now. He's out of options. He's going to play. But, you know, that's it's. there's a reason he was available. There's a reason he never really – uh, carved out a lot of playing time with the Yankees. So they have projects. They have guys who are maybe have graduated from AAA or need only one short stint at AAA before they're ready for the majors, but they have flaws too. Jonathan Rodriguez, George Valera. So it's, it's, there's not, at least at shortstop, you know, Rokio's been a top prospect for a while. Arias was a top prospect. Freeman was a top prospect. You know, Brito looks like he can be a legitimate major league hitter. So you have answers I think you're more confident about in the infield where there's a crowd. But in the outfield, you're just praying that someone exceeds your expectations. And I I think that's where the plan seems a little faulty, um, where I I just I don't know what the solution is. And I don't know how you could watch that group last year. And the only addition you make is someone – who was on his last chance to get a, a, an extended major league look. Kyle Manzardo. Let's talk about him for a second. I mean, other than that. <laughs> I like kind of the sigh combined with his name. That well, was it's, good. It's the mustache that gets me. I mean, the kid's from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, home of the floating green. Let's okay. not forget that. Um, any chance this kid's got a shot? To, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by him. I think he's, you know, you talk about storylines going into, going into the season, going into camp. Here's somebody that intrigues me. So Chris Valeka, the hitting coach, said he looks like Wade Boggs. And I'm, I was taken aback. And I'm like, oh, my God, Wade Boggs had 3,000 hits. He was he's one of the best hitters I've ever seen. And then I remembered Wade Boggs, like Kyle Manzardo, rocked a pretty nice, nice mustache. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a facial hair-fueled compliment or, or a hitting compliment, but no, I, you look, I don't know if it's going to be on opening day. I don't know if they'll manipulate his service time. Um, you'll see plenty of Kyle Manzardo this year, and I, I've heard from enough people around the league who think he is a safe bet. This is not Matt Laporta part two. This is not, you know, Bobby Bradley, someone who had clear holes in his swing. This is a dude who at some point in the next couple of years is going to be a safe bet for 25 home runs, 35 doubles, a ton of walks and you slot him in the middle of your lineup, and if he can prove maybe he can handle lefties a little bit better, you start him 150 times, and, and you have 
a long-awaited solution, uh, someone to pair with Josh Naylor at first base in DH. Zach Meisel joining us, covers the Guardians for The Athletic. I keep hearing Tristan McKenzie in the rotation, and I keep thinking, oh, my goodness, does that mean he's healthy? How's he look so far? What's he doing? And and are they talking about his health? Yeah, he feels great. I think they're going to be a little more patient with him, maybe build him up a little more gradually than some of the other pitchers just because of what he went through. And, you know, you have to remember he threw 16 innings last year. So if he's going to throw 180, 200 this year, you know, you, you're going to have to treat him pretty carefully. Uh, but he's he's good. You know, he's he was showing me all sorts of pitch grips and how he wanted to, to tweak his slider to make it fit, fit better with his fastball and curveball. So, yeah, I, I think he's tired of uh, talking about elbow sprains. And um, I think he just wants to get out there and pitch and prove he's healthy. And, you know, it was big, too, just for him and Bieber. And I know Bieber dealt with this a couple years earlier as well, but everyone wanted to know, you know, why are you trying to get these guys back to shut them down before the end of the season when they can come back in September after being out for an extended period and just get on the mound? Like that gives them peace of mind. And so I think with McKenzie, you know, that's always going to linger in the back of your mind just with the type of injury it was, but it's, it's full go. Shortstop. Is it the same thing as the outfield? You know, a week Gabe Arias appears to be the front runner, but you, it, I haven't heard Rocchio's name as much as I thought I might. Zach, who do you, who do you think is the front runner there, and is that a job that actually could flat out be won in spring training, or is it kind of heir apparent there with Gabe Arias? Yeah, I think the difference is the outfield. You just throw a bunch of names at the wall and hope somebody stands out, and at shortstop, I think there's an order of operations here. You know, I would say Arias is the favorite, but that's also me who has been here. You know, Stephen Vogt didn't watch these guys play last year. So you have fresh perspectives on all of these young players, and that could change things. You know, I would say Arias just because he had the playing time last year. Really, if he could just hit better against lefties, he should probably be an everyday player. Um, but that's a big if, and he was worse against lefties last season than like a pitcher would be hitting. I mean, it was, I think he was nine for 108. So you can't have that. Um, and he knows it. Like Rocchio is right there. Tyler Freeman is, is fighting for opportunities. So it's just a little different because you know Jimenez is going to be at second base. You know Ramirez is going to be at third base, and you know Naylor is going to be at first place. And those three guys play every day. So it's you know in the outfield you could start in center you could start in right you know you could dh there there are plenty of opportunities on the infield it's limited it's one spot so uh, i would guess arius but I, I do think that these guys have all spring to capture the attention of evaluators who haven't seen them before and i, I think that maybe makes this a little more open than it normally would be all right, let, let's play big picture here. So, like, I'm looking through the power rankings. I've seen some people um, have the Guardians, like, anywhere from, like, 20th to 26th. But what's interesting about that is if they're 20th and down, they're, like, second or third or second or third place in the central standing. So 
I guess my question based on that is how good do the Guardians have to be to be contenders in the Central late, and how many wins do you think it's going to take to win the Central? Because I, I, like, the more I look at it, I'm like, oh, 87, 88, 89, 90, you know? It, it's just it's a weird spot to have low expectations for a team that can still make the playoffs. You know what's even weirder? It actually might be built better for October than for 162 games. Really? I mean, if, if you get to a playoff series and you have Bieber, McKenzie, Bybee, and Williams, yeah. that's that's really, really good, right? Pretty good. Um, or maybe you throw one of those guys in the bullpen. So I, health is going to be paramount, and they don't have the depth, especially on the pitching side, that you know you'd feel really comfortable with. They've had starting pitching injuries two of the last three years that sort of derailed their season. Um, I like no one in the central is winning 95 games. So uh, the twins have flaws too. It's, it's kind of pathetic that the only team that really substantially upgraded this off season was the Royals and the Royals lost 106 games last year and substantial upgrades were like a couple mid rotation starters, a few bullpen really like, like I don't think they're going to be legitimate contenders. Um, so yeah, it, it's, can you stay healthy? And can you just get some more threats in the lineup? Yeah, they're, they're really trying to change the way a lot of the hitters think where, whether it's Quan or Brennan, instead of just trying to stay alive and fight off a pitch, can you actually do some damage? You know, can, if Quan's ahead in the count 2-0 and he knows he's getting a strike, can you rope it into the gap instead of trying to hit a bloop between three fielders? Um, I don't know if that will mean anything. I don't know if you can transform an entire offense in an offseason with largely the same group of hitters. But if the, if the lineup is just as powerless and unproductive as it was last year, I think you're going to see pretty similar results. Um, but if they can get some upgrades, if, if somebody pops, if it's Arias, Rocchio, Floreal, Brennan, it could make a big difference. You know, you get Manzardo at some point. Like, the core of this team – should be a contender. The rotation could be really good. The bullpen could be really good. Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor and Stephen Kwan and Jimenez, like that's a good starting point. They it just is. didn't do anything to round it out. And so you're you're doing more hoping and praying than a lot of your American League counterparts are. And and that's why it's you know, I, I think everybody's pretty skeptical. But like, you know, when when it when you're talking about you might only need to win 86 games to win the division. Well, an average team can have some good fortune and good health and win 86 games. So it's possible. Every team in the AL Central is very flawed. Um, but you're right. It's like you can be a contender in this division and be in the bottom third in baseball overall. It's crazy. Zach, love talking to you. Thank Thanks, you. man. You're Appreciate the best. Appreciate your time. You got it, guys. Take care. Enjoy the Zach sun. Meisel. Read him at The Athletic. He will have everything you need to know about the Guardians as they get ready for a brand new season. Should be a contender. The rotation could be really good. The bullpen could be really good. Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor and Steven Kwan and Jimenez, like that's a good starting point. They just yes. didn't do anything to round it out. And so you're you're doing more hoping and praying than a lot of your American League counterparts are and and that's why it's you know I, I think everybody's pretty skeptical but like 
you know, when, when, it, when you're talking about you might only need to win 86 games to win the division, well, an average team can have some good fortune and good health and win 86 games. So. Well, Zach Meisel, moments ago from The Athletic, joining us here on Basket at Phelps, talking about the team he's covering right now in Goodyear, Arizona, the Cleveland Guardians. I'm Jeff Phelps, my buddy's Andy Baskin. I would love to have you join into our conversation, 216-474-0092. Menigan's flying the ship today. Meredith will take your phone calls. I think Zach's right. I think Zach's right. There's you, This team should be able to contend, Andy. Let's get into that in a second. You can now hear full clips of our local shows at 92.3 The Fan and on the Odyssey app. So now you have the option of listening to specific chapters labeled by our fantastic producers, or listen to an entire show. Download the Odyssey app now and take the time to listen to the most most local sports talk in all of Ohio. That's what I'm going to put in my bumper. Some people have on my uh, license plate. Yeah. Some people have Ohio, the heart of it all. I'm going to have... I think you only get seven letters, don't you? Well, no, I'm just going to like make a little sticker and put it on there. I think that that's oh, probably okay. illegal, but right. and it'll say the most local sports talk in all of Ohio. I was going to say, that'd be a lot to put on a plate. Yeah, not as like the actual license plate, like as okay. part of the decal. All right, right, I see what you're talking about. See, I'm there. glad you're with me on that. I, I get that completely. Uh, by the way, our spring training reports brought to us by Golf Tech and Bet365. I agree with Zach, and and you know how I feel about the offense, and you know how I feel about the outfield, and I'm not... I don't feel the same way about the shortstop position. I think they'll find somebody and we'll see what they do. But if the pitching does what it could very well do, I don't want to use the word expect it to do because I don't have huge expectations of guys who are going into their second year, a guy who, as Zach said, pitched 16 innings last year and is coming back from injury and a guy who's going to be a free agent, and if he finishes the, the, the season on this team, I'd be stunned. So I, I'm not going to say I have huge expectations of them individually. I do think there's enough there that you're going to have you know, three guys who end up having pretty good seasons in your starting rotation. If you have three guys who have pretty good seasons out of your starting five, you're in pretty good shape. And I think that's a possibility. You know, I, I would expect... It's 45 wins, isn't it? If you think about it. Yeah. You get 15 out probably, of each Probably, yeah. yeah. I, Not I, that wins matter, right, Manigan? Not that wins matter. But if you can hope for... Games they start. Yeah. How's that? Uh, if, if, if you end up with, you know, two of the three second-year guys having good years and building off of what they did, you're in good shape. That, that's fine. And... I don't know that there's the depth in the minor leagues that there used to be. There's some guys. Um, and again, Shane Bieber, who knows? Found some velocity going to offseason training. And Tristan, who knows? If you know, if, if three of those guys, I, I would think you need two of the young guys who are going into their second year and either Bieber or McKenzie, Andy, to be pretty good. I'm just laughing because I'm looking at um, MLB.com at the uh, depth chart. And I'm looking at the heights of all of our starting pitching, and they would all um, – there were years that the height of the rotation would be taller than the Browns wide receiving core that everybody did out there, <laughs> especially when you got Gavin Williams at 6'6", and Tristan McKenzie 6'5". 
Why do I think Speaking that's the, funny? Do you not that, find that funny? That is the great comparison I always needed. <laughs> I mean, you. I'm just sitting there. I'm going, what would Ray Farmer do with Beaver, <laughs> McKenzie, Williams, Bybee, and, and Allen? He wouldn't know what to do. Uh, you're a linebacker. He'd be good with Allen because he's only six foot. I mean, he'd be, he'd be totally down with him. Dare, dare I say the Guardian starting rotation is bigger than the Cavaliers' backcourt and wings? Uh, four of the five, yes. So there. Uh, that's another point altogether. Sam Amico will talk about. I love how we mix these sports up. This is great. It's yeah, fun it's, stuff. It's right? like merging the Pro Bowl and the NBA All Star Game. Like, <laughs> I think it was Mike and Akron. So, uh, <laughs> the same thing. Um, Even your bullpen's I, I, I just, got two guys over six five. Sorry, over six two. And, and it has some flexibility. Scott Barlow's a guy who was a closer before. I, I think he's got to be sitting here as the closer and waiting. It wouldn't stun me at all if Emmanuel Classe starts the season with another team. And I, I say that because... Do you, do we don't want that, though, right? Can no, we all I, well, get on the same page and say we really don't want that? I, I really don't, except for one thing. He Alan, could bring you back a power hitter, that's why? I could he, see you saying if that. If he could bring you back a real bat, I, I think you have something. The, the one thing to remember about Classe, he, he turns 26 next month. He's still really young. And you would think that he's going to be a really good bullpen guy for the next seven years. Anyway, I, I'd like him to. So be why there. are you giving him up for one bat right well, I'm, now? I'm not, but I, I just wonder if some team, you know, there's been talk of the Phillies, if that team overwhelms you, well, you're set. And if you don't think your team's going to be a real contender this year, do you need a top-notch closer? He's also under control through twenty eight. Yeah, so on I a mean, really the, the age, affordable deal. They're not getting rid of him. Well, well I they, wouldn't. I wouldn't think, think so, except for the fact that that makes him more valuable to tr- in a trade as well. All of that makes him I, more, I want much two more valuable in a trade. I want two bats. Right. It's somebody who's going to have to trade for Class A. It's going to have to be one of those moves where a team is absolutely desperate and a general manager thinks he's going to get canned. And you you have those. That I, I'm not. I'm not advocating trading the guy. I'm just saying you're covered if you do. And if you don't think you're going to win 90 games, what what, what good is having a, a... Beauty is you don't have to win 90 games to get the Central, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do. Okay. If you don't think you're going to, and I don't think you can say this, but let's just say you think you're a 75-win team. Do you need a, a great hood ornament, which is what a great closer might be on a 75-win team? You know, I, well, again, I'm, I, not, I, I'm a, not advocating mm-hmm. trading the guy. I'm not. But I could understand it if you think you get what you're looking for in return. Does his ERA last year? I remember he had some he had some games last year that were not typical Emmanuel Class A. You know, is there slipping there? I I don't know. Maybe they know. You know, if if they think he's not the same guy that he was, then by all means, you know, move him along. If you think he's the same guy, by all means, keep him unless you're overwhelmed. I I don't know if. If losing if you're a 75 win team without Clause, is that what you're saying? With or without? Well, if 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 you don't think you're going to be very good, you know, and and will they tell you that? No, of course they won't. No, nor should they. But you know, remember he had a lot of blown saves last year, which I mean that's your job to save games and not blow blow saves. So. I, I'm just saying, I I would be open to the possibility if you got an offer that you couldn't refuse. You know, just well, okay, we have Barlow, we can do that. But if you're a 75 win ball club, yeah, and all right, let's let's go way into hypothetical land. Okay, 
Manzardo has a really good September. Maybe struggles early on. Comes around, has a really good August, September. He did in the minors. Let's Remember, say, they got him when he was injured, though, when they brought him in. Let's say Brian Rocchio grabs the bull by the horns and is the shortstop of the future. Okay? Again, we're in hypothetical land. We don't know this is going to be the case. It'd be really nice. Maybe looks a little ugly in June, July, but August, September starts coming around looking good. Yeah. Maybe one of those outfielder pop as well, where you end the season with 75 wins, but the arrow is pointing up. That's when keeping your closer is a really, really nice thing because you can walk into next season knowing you've got this guy under contract for a long period of time with a team that's got the arrow pointing up. And that's where you kind of look at it and go, okay, that's something we don't have to worry about. We've got somebody who can lock down the, the eighth. We've got somebody who can lock down the ninth. Then all of a sudden, Zach's idea of, hey, this team's kind of built for October. That makes, makes a lot of sense. Load of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. You know, and I, I just hope, I thought it was interesting that, that Zach, what his thought was about Floreal and Chris Antonetti saying his prayers at night, hoping he becomes a guy that can go out and play center field and hit you 25 home runs. I, I couldn't agree with that more. You ever been to the Louisville Slugger Factory? I have not. You'll be stunned at some of the facts that Menegan discovered while he was there that things haven't changed since I was there about eight years ago. Hmm. Um, plus, Menegan drank a lot of bourbon, apparently. Yeah, I want to hear about week bourbon, off. Yeah. Uh, Next on Baskin and Phelps. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, Ohio State has created plenty of headlines this offseason and as spring football nears. Oh, Nick Wilson and Spencer German cover it all. And the big college football news, y'all, you know it, and you know where you're going to get it at, right? You know who's going to give you the information. It's the new Sons of the Shoe! That's right. And you can catch episodes at 923thefan.com or on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Andy Baskin. Do a little Buckeye basketball. Big weekend for the Buckeyes, right? Yeah, Jake Diebler gets a win, right? Knocking off Purdue. It was very cool. There you go. Uh, We just talked a little baseball last segment, our spring training report brought to us by Casey Roofing. 
and Quim Legal. Menigan wasn't with us last week. Menigan uh, had a week off. Well, well earned, well deserved. Check with HR. They're going to see if he. A- anyhow, uh, Menigan was off last week, and Dan did a Dan thing, which I think is really cool. He combined two of his passions on a little excursion to the great state of Kentucky. What was that analytics and what else? Baseball. Yeah. With a visit to the Louisville Slugger Museum. Oh, I thought you were going to say analytics and drinking. That would be great. Well, and some distilleries. Oh, well, it was half right. <laughs> you were close. One or two. It was half That's right. pretty good. 50%. So now, how many days did you do this bourbon trip? All right. So I went down for, I guess, four days. Yeah, we left Monday, came back Friday. So about four days down there. And... The, the whole thing with doing the distilleries and all that, and, and I'm not trying to turn this into like a, a Kentucky promo or anything like that or a, a bourbon promo, but they're all kind of in like regions of Kentucky. So you almost need to like pick your distilleries of choice and realize that like, okay, I want to hit these three big ones. Isn't it Bourbon County? Yes. And that's, they named it after the county? Is that why it's called bourbon? So bourbon... I don't. I don't totally know the answer. They explained it to me like four times, but I zoned out through that whole thing because well, in my by head, by that I was, time you had already had four shots. Well, yeah, in my head, I was sitting there thinking like, okay, if I pay attention to you for forty-five <laughs> minutes, you're gonna give me alcohol, so I'm gonna act like I'm paying attention. But in reality, I'm gonna zone out. <laughs> I can tell you, as someone who's done a moonshine tour, I uh, can respect what you're saying. Uh-huh. And I'm not a big drinker. After at all. yeah, after a while, so you, much fun. You you walk around and they go, you see those metal containers over there? There's booze in there. And you're like, oh. That's nice. See those wooden barrels down there? There's booze in there. You can't drink that yet, though. It's beautiful. You know, it was. It it all has to do with. Um, it, it does have to do with the the county. The whole thing with yeah. it is it's Kentucky bourbon because it's everything is from Kentucky. If you're not getting it from Kentucky, it's not bourbon. It's whiskey. That's their whole main thing that comes of it. It's all aged in oak barrels. Is it, I think that's is, all I remember. Ex- explain to me: Is whiskey the same thing as bourbon? Uh not exactly. And Scotch. Scotch is smoked. It's more. It's aged. It's it's typically aged a little. Is it basically the same liquid? Generally, it depends on how much corn, how much wheat, and how much rye you're putting into each of them. Okay. Yeah. It's all it's all ingredient based more than anything. All right. But no, the you kind of pick your area. Um, there's a lot of great ones that are down there. We did we did Buffalo Trace. We did Willet. We kind of did the bigger ones that were out there. I didn't do a ton of like the mom and pop ones. Sadly, we didn't have the time. Nor the, nor the liver. Yeah, nor the liver. But that's part two of the trip that'll come at some point. Okay. But yeah, it's not bad, and all especially right. you hop in a car, you head right down seventy one. It's I think it's all four all or five right. hours away, so no, it's not that's bad real at all. Cool. Just don't hop in the cool. car after you spend some time. Uh, yeah, now, and that was the nice enjoying thing is, the libations. Did that, you go to the? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said that was the nice thing is the the lady friend is not a whiskey drinker to begin with or a bourbon drinker to begin with, and I drove around the Finger Lakes doing wine country, so this was the payback. Because nice. I'm not a wine drinker. Hey, well done. So, yeah, you know, well you cash in your favors. Now, let me ask you, did you go to the Louisville Slugger Museum on the same day you went to Bourbon Things and afterwards, or were you of sound mind when you went to the Louisville Slugger Museum and Factory? I was in sound mind doing the Louisville Slugger Museum and Factory. Okay. Um, that was We did that early on and then went to distilleries afterwards. Okay. Now, I, I was at the Louisville Slugger Museum, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. And and it stunned me for a couple of reasons. You felt kind of the same way, if I am able to pick your brain from what you had told me earlier. It's amazingly old, 
the actual factory is really old. There's a museum there, and it shows a lot of baseball equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the museum's really old. The factory's really old. You walk right through the factory. Andy, you might be stunned. You Louisville Slugger, right? Yeah. I mean, Major League Bats like crazy. Not the only one. There are a lot of other bat companies now. But the thing I thought, and Dan, correct me if, if you disagree, it was amazingly small. And they told they told us, and Dan, tell me if this has changed. They told us at the time, and I asked like twice to clarify, all of those bats are made on two lathes. Wow. And one is a backup. So they really only one run one lathe at a time to make all the Louisville Slugger bats. Is that still is that what they told you? Yeah, I mean it's about exactly what you were saying. And there's there's one of them that is for the major league only that they started using a little bit. So I think they started using the second one a little bit more okay. for production, but they started using one that was major league only. And it was nuts hearing them tell stories. And for, for those of you who have been down to the Halley building, if you cut the main floor of the Halley building in half, you would probably have the production factory, of the Louisville Slugger. It's museum. really, it's, it's, it's not, it's not even as big as like a high school gym. No, it is not so, big at all. Uh, let me it, just it's like, like maybe half court. And I don't a, know if you, a yeah. basketball. Gym. Well, what's the deal with it's Hillerich and Bradsby, right? Isn't that the, yes. Okay. So are they the ones that founded Louisville Slugger? Is that how this whole thing work? Cause I remember having those bats when we were kids that said, and bat day. Yeah. And Hillerich did it, were the bat day ones. Hillerich and Bradsby, then? I think so. I think so, too. Okay, so maybe that's where I got it. So, like, I just remember that circle logo inside the middle of mm-hmm. Louisville Slugger. So, what's the deal there? Like, I don't get that. Is that they're just so, the founders of it, and then they just, they invented the Louisville Slugger? Right. Hillerich okay, okay. and Brad, like, it still exists, I okay. think. I think it's, like, the parent company of all. Again, this was all part of the tour that they did where I zoned out because oh, they were, like. great stuff, then. Yeah, okay, where, where I zoned out because it was, like, okay, when do I get to swing a bat now? Um, cause and they have batting cages. I'm 35 going on 10. Yeah, you know? we, we know. So basically, well aware. Yeah, it, it's the parent company of Louisville Slugger is okay. exactly what you were saying there. And okay. they take you through the factory and show you how all the bats are made. And the cool thing is, is they've become way more hands on than they were about 20, 25 years ago, where they'll actually like hand you a baseball bat and trust you not to be destructive. Wow, yeah. cool. Which and I didn't have to sign a waiver with that. Which you'd think they'd see, especially me. after knowing that you were just on the bourbon trail. They have a gift shop. I was sober for this part. Nice job. Yeah. They they had a gift shop when I was there, and I'm sure it's still there. But the cool thing was they had a, a big rack of bats that had flaws. And they were, you know, very minor little things, and you could buy one. And I I bought a flawed bat, and, you know, like it still had the knobs on the end that you had to saw off, and it hadn't been stained or anything else, hadn't been sanded anything. Because I thought this will be fun, you know, a little project for my son and me to work on together. And so we did. We we bought a bat, took it home, sanded it down. And then I, I got some wood stain that we had and stained it. And my kid ended up taking it to some training stuff. And his trainer at the time is a young guy who is has local ties. Bobby Savoy, right? No, it wasn't Bobby Savoy. It wasn't a Savoy special. Ah. Um, his name's Justin Toole. Oh. He, he worked for the Guardians. He yeah. was a, 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 an Indians minor leaguer for years and then was like bench analyst for the Guardians and is now director of, I think, player development for the Seattle Mariners. Okay. And Justin was actually doing baseball, you know, like local instruction. 
And he saw this bat and he went, I love the stain on that thing. He said, it looks like something Babe Ruth would use because it was a little darker, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't real dark, but it was just an old school finish to it. And so he, he really thought the bat was pretty cool. Salt but we still have it. It's, it's a oh. great bat and, you know, perfect for batting practice for a, a young kid. Mm-hmm. Did you burn your name in it or anything? Or no. no. Did you get a bat with your name on it? Oh, gosh, yes. I you? Oh, you have to. What did they get? hundred bucks? I think it was like 80. Oh, it wasn't I, I bad. I did get one of those for one of my kids, though. You have to. Yeah. Because you, it's that the closest thing that any of us will ever feel to being a major leaguer than when you sign a bat and have it stained into a bat and you hold that thing in your hand and you're like, for like a brief second, you're like, man, I'm cool. I just made it. Like for a brief <laughs> second until then you realize that you had to A, buy your own bat. Yeah. B, and then they probably, ask you, yeah. will, will this be credit or debit exactly. or are you going to pay cash? But like for, for that, 30 second span, you're like, man, I feel so cool. My name's burned in a bat like a real major leaguer. Is it bad that my wife has one and I don't? It's not a surprise. It's not surprised either. No. <laughs> but the, the cool thing that they did is so you can go into the museum part and probably the coolest, probably the two cool things that are inside of the museum part is one of them is you can actually stand behind a catcher. They'll have a pitch machine with a screen up on it, and, and Cole Hamels was the one who was up there, the former Philly, if you remember him. So you're well. hitting off Cole Hamels. And they'll throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Okay. And you basically stand behind it, and there's netting all around it. And they'll go, all right, here's three 90-mile-an-hour fastballs so that you can stand right next to it and see how fast 90 comes at you. And mind you, we're talking 90. We've got guys throwing 104 consistently. So Spire Institute had one yeah. that I stood in for 100. And I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. It's a blur, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think they have it anymore. They used to have a pitch. They had one out at Spire. And I just just wanted to know. I I, I didn't even walk in with a bat. I wasn't about to even try to swing. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know what it was like to stand in the box when there's a ball coming at you at 100 miles an hour. And you don't see it. Yeah. You just don't see it. You hear it. You hear it. Um my buddy Doug, maybe we call him Doug the Lush from now on, says, for whiskey to be bourbon, it has to be a certain percentage of corn in the mash. That's it. And use water filtered through the limestone in that region of Kentucky. Yeah, because they would want to know. Water. Cheers. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate that, Doug. So in other words, they don't use the worn out underwear as a filter like many people do. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what the deal yeah, is? Yeah, moonshiners. <laughs> But yeah, so you sit there and, and you watch ninety come in, it and joke. it just blows you away how Uh-oh. fast ninety oh, is. Oh man, ladies he was and gone gentlemen, for a the Pooba has entered the room. The Pooba. The Pooba. When he's a little chubby, he's a happy Pooba. With Rock and Schmia. Really? Here. Really? Really? What? Talking about the Bat Museum? No, it's hey, pretty cool. Bourbon? I mean, yeah. How many times are we going to talk about the difference between bourbon, whiskey, scotch? I just asked him once. Once? Beginning. And then Baskin again goes in and asks the same question. Well, that's on Andy. Andy was I giving a response. No, I had the answer. I had the answer. correct answer. You had the correct answer. Why? Because you Googled it? No. One of my friends said it. One of his drunk one friends, friends sent it to us. Drunk friends. Is that what we're doing now? We're calling Andy's friends drunk? The right well, kind well, of Well, he friends. did. I said. Called him a lush. <laughs> Come on, man. He is I just want to say for the record here, 92.3, the fan that we do not promote drinking no, necessarily or is... need to know what the difference is between all different types of liquor or beer or seltzers. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. I've never, I mean, this is almost like, I don't. Well, I'm glad you don't. Yeah. Our listeners do. You clearly don't know our listeners. Uh-huh. How did you That's win true. 
program manager thingy of the year. How did you without understanding our listeners and understanding? Okay, you want to know how I do? Cleveland. Hey yes. Dan, it's time to break. What's coming up next? Does that See make exactly him, what so I said. He, he doesn't in, understand you. If he came in first in that whole thing, does that then make him the grand poobah? The guy that made you number one in the country must not be have any idea what Jeff, goes on in is the up Midwest. Next? Coming up, we know the All Star Game wasn't overly entertaining. Neither was the show. Sam Amico is hoopswire.com. He's next on Baskin and Phelps. Please get him out of here. Runs off to go buy some booze. Thank you, Grand Poobah. Yeah. Thank you, Poobah. He's not the Grand Poobah. Well, he's number one. Uh, yeah, we could all well, tell so him he's number yeah, one. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. This is what I have to put up. Don't even think about turning off my mic right now. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 